30 plus years of service, combat medals, citations, only a man to shoot down three enemy planes in the last 40 years. Yet, you can't get a promotion, you won't retire, and despite your best efforts, you refuse to die. Top Gun Maverick Mac and Cheese, next. When your weekend's all spent up and you got Monday coming down the pike, sometimes all you need is a little comfort to get you through to Monday. Mac and Cheese Movies, where we believe in comfort food and comfort movies. Thirty plus years of service. Combat medals. Citations. Only man to shoot down three enemy planes in the last forty years. Yet you can't get a promotion. You won't retire. Despite your best efforts, you refuse to die. You should be at least a two-star admiral by now. Yet here you are. Captain. What is that? It's one of life's mysteries, sir. Hello, welcome to Mac and Cheese Movies. I'm Scotty Coppage. And you just got thrown out of the hard deck, Ben Remert. Hey! <laughs> they rang the bell. <laughs> Today is our 100th episode of Mac and Cheese Movies, nice. and we're having someone who's been on over 12 times, my wingman, Ben Remmert. Hey, dang. Has it been 12? It was. I, I went back and counted them, and it looked like 12. I didn't do it twice. Did John Wick's count? One, two, three. <laughs> we only did two, John Wick. Did we? Yeah. Oh, well, we got to do the last one, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah I, think glad... I think you're number one in episode count. Cool. I'm glad to be here, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. On our episode of for Top Gun, we had a wing contest that you ice manned your way to the trophy. This time in 2022, chicken wings are hard to find. So I went this morning, like nothing. I'd been anytime I went to like Walmart yeah, or something, yeah. nothing. So we picked up some wings from Buffalo Wild Wings, which we talked about. We we were using more last year. Um, yeah, during the pandemic. Pandemic. Yeah. Um, opened up my app. Maybe maybe I'll. Splurge on my points and get some yeah. wings for this. For save, this. Some, save some cash. Yeah, for this episode. Yeah. You know what? All my points expired. <laughs> Thanks, Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Buffalo Wild Wings. It's so good. <laughs> we got 20 traditional wings. 
Honey barbecue, my go-to. That's my talk to me goose staple when I'm going to get wings anywhere. Yeah, I usually yeah, yeah. don't get anything super hot. I usually don't try a whole bunch of stuff. You know, I go with, you know, our friend Greg and he gets like all kinds of flavors and all kinds of hotness. I usually just get, oh, just give, just give me the tan of the honey barbecue. Honey barbecue. Honey barbecue. Plain and safe. Yeah. Plain and safe. Throttle back, if you will. Throttle back. Maybe I'll be like rooster. Rooster. Yeah. yeah. We also, but we also got some Nashville hot. Yeah. Like this movie. Big, huge hit. Caribbean jerk, because all the flight moves in this movie. And wild, which describes our title character, Maverick. Maverick. How did the wings turn out? What did you think about what we got today? Uh, so, I guess I was the only one here that the the wild is supposedly the hottest that uh, B Dubs has, and I've never had them. I'm not too crazy in the wings, and I know that sounds crazy to say, but um, I didn't think it was that bad. Caribbean jerk's my go-to, um, and there's a little bit of heat on that. And then um, you know the other two are you, you know safe, if you will, but. Um, no, it's great. You know, wings, wings, airplane. I don't know. It's all good. The wild was like Tabasco sauce, like cayenne pepper. It was kind of like a lot of those things. Yeah. It didn't destroy me. Like I see like some of these other sauces doing to people. Right, yeah. So uh, hopefully we're good. And then yeah, I think, I think so. The, uh, was the, is the jerk, the jerk chicken, what was it, what does that taste like? I don't know. To me, it has like a. It's it's a little spicy, but it has kind of like a cinnamon sweet type of thing going on. I wouldn't call it like if you add actual Caribbean jerk chicken, it doesn't taste anything like that at all. But but yeah, you know, I don't know. A little bit of heat, a little bit of sweet. It's a good combo. So And what was the the Nashville hot? What'd you think about the Nashville hot? So I'm not a crazy fan of Nashville hot, but it has been described as um if you were to eat you know, chili that you like, you know, made at the house or like went to Roadhouse or something with a little more heat added on to that, but not vinegary or like not buffalo buttery or anything like that. Not even close. So I think. Yeah. So I think it, you know. I also just made all that up. We had, we had, <laughs> we ate some of them. We have some of them left to eat. I wanted to like, I wanted to get that like hot wing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know how like people like, they kind of get it's almost like taking a shot of something um, when they have like these hot wings and they kind of like kind of kind of make. I wanted this to like maybe enhance our show a little enhance bit. It, yeah. yeah, I think the you know the hotter something is, the less you're thinking about what you're talking about. So you, you know you, you, that guard comes down a little bit, and now you're being uh, like more real, if you will. Yeah. I don't know, but kind of like a truth serum. Yeah, truth serum. That's great. Yeah, <clears throat> but. My lips are still kind of hot and tingly. Like, yeah, a little bit. They should. They maybe instead of calling it a wall, I'll call it fever blister. Clear, clear your uh, sinuses out, though. That's yeah. for sure. Let's get into our film for our hundredth episode, Top Gun Maverick. According to the legends of IMDb, after more than thirty years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement and rank that would ground him. Cut the crap, IMDb. It's Top Gun. It's yeah. Tom Cruise. Let's go. That's yeah. all we need to know. Um, what did you? What was your first taste with this movie? This movie was supposed to come out in the summer of 2020. Right. Delayed. Delayed. Yep. Finally comes out on Memorial Day weekend 2022. Yeah. We were there opening night. Yep. So I think, you know, being a fan of Top Gun and being an even bigger fan of aviation in general and then also compounding that being prior Navy where, you know, I was on in aircraft maintenance to some capacity. I, I like, I, 
just super, super excited. I mean, I have my airplane shoes on. You know, I wore my Top Gun hat. I'm, I'm all in it 110%. Went back the next day or the day after that and saw it again. Um, even if you don't know anything about uh, airplanes or um, some, of the, some of the language they use in there, it's still just a, a great action-packed film. So, you know, goosebumps the whole entire time. Awesome, man. It was it was great. We got the tickets advanced. Yes, we did. Yeah. And we, we we didn't know if it was all going to happen, but it happened. Me and Shannon were at dinner, and we run into her dad, like, right before we're leaving the restaurant. And, like, they say, like, oh, he saw Top Gun, like, last night, because he's on the Thursday, the Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, how was it? You know? Because um, he likes anything, and he likes a lot of stuff that sucks. Uh, <laughs> and... He gives me this big thumbs down, and I was like, "There's no way, right?" Every, everything, everything I've read it says it's good. Like, even if it's not like the greatest thing ever, it's still really good. Yeah. yeah. So what was what what would what, you think? Why are you giving me the thumbs down? It was like it's too loud, <laughs> which like I thought was such a weird critique. Yeah. And then I was kind of like, so, "Well, it's like well, maybe it's gonna feel like you're in the G force and it's super loud and screechy. Yeah. Jet yeah. engines by nature are pretty loud." But it wasn't like that. It wasn't yeah. like that in the film at all. We didn't feel no, like that. I no, don't, I don't think we, so. No one was uncomfortable, so I don't really know what he was talking about. But I do like that it kind of grounded me a little bit going into this movie. Because, you know, you see all these reviews and all these people saying it's really good, it's really great. Like, then you can be kind of let down. This kind of leveled me out to be like, you know what? I just want this movie to be good. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, um, I was. I think we talked about this like on our Top Gun episode. It was like, how can they make this movie good? And I was like in the uh, in the symphony and you're just like watching this and I was like, how can they make Top Gun too good? Does Goose's kid like Maverick? Does he not like Maverick? Yeah, yeah. Is that going to be like boring if he's like, I hate you? Um, so, what, you know, what, what could they do? Is it another like kind of tournament? Like who's the best pilot? What are, you, what are they going to bring to this? And I right. think... It's really kind of like a different movie. I mean, there's a lot of call. There's a lot of callbacks. There's a lot of callbacks. But it just it it is its own like kind of story and continuation of the first one. It it is. I think so. I, I'm not gonna sit here and say it's a carbon copy of, of Top Gun because it's absolutely not. But you know, they they go through some training stuff. They go through some rivalry stuff, and then at the end of the movie, they have a real world event um, that you know, an actual combat mission or whatever, which that falls the original Top Gun to the T. However, we've got new blood here. We've got old callbacks. I mean, they got freaking Val Kilmer back in there to some capacity. And it, it really is a whole brand new uh, movie re- reinvented. Uh, and I think it's better, man, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and, you know, that might be a contested debate or whatever. But I really, really enjoyed this movie a lot, man. I saw it too. I saw it. I saw it a second time with my dad. You know, we loved it. I mean, I I loved it when we saw it. When we saw it, I was like, "This movie's pulling it off." I mean, think about the expectations of like thirty five years. You know, a lot of times when they dig up these these part twos, yeah, you get something like Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Never watched or, it, or some, but but I've, I've heard. But I yeah. mean, I mean, there's you know they'll like dig it up and like it kind of sucks and you're kind of let down and it's kind of like nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. There's some, there's nostalgia stuff in this, but I mean, what, what I, I loved the very first where it's that gong, you know, for the music. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. How it says like, 
yeah, that thing they about explain it. The flight school. They build it up, it, and then it's like Top Gun. This is the place, and then you know the engines fire up. They're launching jets off the carrier, and you know Danger and Zone. And all, all that's real footage. You know, they shot that on the Teddy Roosevelt, the Theodore Roosevelt, um, you know, I don't know, four years ago when they were shooting a freaking movie. It's been delayed so much. Um, so it, it's awesome. It, 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 I think that's as real as you could possibly get in a fictional movie. You know, all the F-18 scenes are all real. The And I don't forget to talk about that. The, the pilots had to learn how to, like, shoot themselves and direct themselves and, and react the way that you would react in an actual, you know, aircraft or, you know, G forces and dog fights and all of this stuff. And it, so from a, a realism standpoint, they, they took that way seriouser, more serious than the original Top Gun. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, technology equipment stuff's come a long way since then. So it's easier to do, but anyway, I'll, yeah, stop. it's <laughs> when they, when they went, when they went up there, cause like the director was like, Hey, they're, the Navy's doing like these GoPros and stuff like, you know, we can do this. We can make this thing. I mean, we real. do them on base. We have, I they use GoPros all the time, and I have tons of in-flight cockpit cockpit footage of you know T thirty eights and T sixes and stuff, and they use those for training uh, purposes. Um, so it is that easy. Yeah. So if you're gonna go do that, and they're like, yeah, we're gonna make it like this, and like what's interesting is like you got to be committed and be as far as rehearsals ready to go because like you go up there. The director isn't in your ear, right, or anything. I mean, you got to do the, you got to do the lines, you got to do the, the face, like everything, because like when you come down, it's like you just were in the, yeah, the. Did you get it? I don't know. I guess we'll look at the I guess, tape. I guess we'll see. It's kind of like with the, uh, you know, to take a picture and you have to wait to get it developed, right? Like at yeah. Walgreens, um, and wait like five days for it. Like that's what this was probably like for them. Yeah, it's not instantaneous. Yeah. So, but nowadays, you know, they have whole teams and stuff that work on movies but you know it's not uncommon to shoot a day's worth of footage and then they edit it the same they begin editing it's not like oh all right shooting's wrapped now we're going to the editing phase no they're doing it as they go because changes are made and stuff like that especially with like um like marvel and things like that they do a lot of same day processed in and out to make sure that's gonna anyway it's interesting but that's how Spielberg is like putting out two movies. It's like he shoots it and then he has like this little booth where he goes in and he's editing it. He's got his longtime editors that like know what know what he wants, right. knows what he's gonna like what their vision's right. gonna be for this. So he get is getting this edited as it's being shot. Yeah, so like man. that's what that's what the great guys are doing right now. Yeah. Which is awesome. So at the first of this movie, it's like inc- it's like it, I was taken aback by the first of this movie because he's a test pilot. They're shutting down the program, you know, because he's supposed to be getting to Mach 9. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? Let's freaking do it. And it's like, you know what? Like, hey, it's not too late to quit on this. Because, like, Ed Harris yeah. is, like, getting on base. And it's yeah. Like, yeah, but, like, my crew is, like, going to lose their jobs and everything. It's like, we're freaking... I love that we have Maverick being a Maverick, but he's, like... Helping other people. It isn't just him being some young guy. You know, he's not an ice man. You know, that's why he came in second and not first, you know. But, uh, yeah, you know, part part of it, you know, yeah, he's an arrogant pilot or whatever. But for the right reasons, right? You know, he's he never leaves his wingman. He's looking out for other people. And also, if you're in a position to be a test pot to go Mach 9 and go faster, like, why wouldn't you do that anyway? So, anyway. And then you were talking about when... 
He he goes he gets to Mach ten. He does, and you know Hondo is like, "Hey, that's all we need to do. That's all we need to do." And, and he's, uh, just a little push. <laughs> the plane just comes apart, disintegrates, and, yeah. and he like ejects out. And you were saying that you, there's that's no impossible. There's not. I think uh, if you Google it, Google it, there's there's one person that survived uh, that, and it was like 768. You know. The speed of sound seven twenty somewhere around there. So this is ten times that. That guy was barely over the speed of sound and sur- barely survived. This is ten times that. There's no freaking way. anyway. So there is a theory out there, the dead man theory. They never show um, him actually ejecting out of that plane. He walks into a cafe. The kids eating Fruit Loops or whatever. And you know where are it? Oh, planet Earth. And it's funny. It's a funny moment. But there's a theory that says he actually died. And he's dead the whole entire movie. Anyway, that's a whole. It's a fan one. It's fictional. I, I highly doubt that that's even real. But it's that's like, interesting. They don't. You know, it is interesting. But that's fine. That's not. There's no way that. Yeah. Is, there's no but, way that that. But <laughs> there's no way Tom Cruise is like. Yeah, we're gonna make this lost. Yeah. Um, yeah. I never watched the whole thing. But anyway, just throwing it out there. Someone's talking about it. <laughs> that, that's that's what I'll be doing on the third viewing, being like, oh, I wonder if he's really I, dead. I'll say I like um, the, that. The opening scene reminded me a lot, and I, I told you this uh, in another conversation of um, First Man, I think, with um, Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Gosling, and you know they fly the X fifteen in that movie, and that, and that was one of the first planes to have um, like nitrogen, uh, like you know, to steer it because they go so high up that your normal like jet engine, it doesn't work anymore. The the air is too thin. And so they're basically in space and they're using this nitrogen control to come back down. And like, they're, they're going so high up that they're losing earth's gravitational pull at that point. But if that, if, if no one did that, you know, Neil Armstrong, in this case, Brian Gosling portraying Neil Armstrong, we would never have any of the NASA stuff, any of the Apollo thing, the things that led into the space program, uh, you know, Mercury, then Gemini and then Apollo. But so it, it kind of reminded me of that, but like a less like believable version, but still like action packed and intense. And, you know, they get, they get the point and then they move on. So that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> so after he destroys this prototype plane, he like Ed Harris is like ready to ground him, kick his ass. He's like, you know what? I got orders to yeah. send you back to Top Gun. <laughs> you got and, called and, up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, and then he's talking to John Hamm, Cyclone. John Hamm, dicking around this whole movie, being a dick. Um, that's what he does. That's that, that's it. That's really his thing. That was a good role for John Hamm, I think. Just being the the hard ass, you know, by the book military person or whatever. But so they're having to do some impossible mission. The only Maverick can teach them how to do. One of the pilots is Rooster, Goose's son. <laughs> What's going to happen? What do we think about Rooster in this film? I think Miles Teller did a fantastic job at, at playing Rooster. And once again, it's one of those things where, you know, they didn't make a carbon copy of Goose. But there's definitely the elements of like, oh, that's obviously Goose's son, you know. And but he had his own kind of kind of spin, a little apprehensive um, at first, and uh, you know, um, a lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, does not like Tom Cruise because of his dad situation, resentment, resentment against uh, Maverick. And then you know, as we go throughout the movie, Maverick sort of unlocks that 
you know, level up, if you will, you know, into him. And then he's able to become a better pilot and, you know, move on or whatever. So. Did we think that Rooster was like the best pilot at any point? Like that he would win Top Gun? I, I no. He, you know, he's too conservative. You know, he probably has a little apprehension, you know, of the way his dad died. Um, he doesn't like Maverick. And, you know, and you, you know, all the pilots, you know, they're all, they're all alpha type people. They don't like to lose. And so you have people like Hangman and Iceman back in the day that are, they, they, they know exactly what they're doing. They want to be there, you know, Iceman, because he never makes any mistakes. He's ice cold or whatever, you know, Hangman, I don't know, but Bob was the best. He'll hang you out to dry. Yeah. He'll hang you out to dry. Right. You know, and in pursuit of himself and not, you know, the greater good, you know, we're all on the same team. We're all trying to accomplish mission, you know, typical military stuff or whatever, but yeah. I'm glad that it, at the first of this movie, Maverick isn't like, I guess, out of the military or a recluse or there's like something that like, you know, like a lot of like hero's journey stuff where like, oh, I, he does the call to action. He doesn't want to do it. And like, we're going to spend 15 minutes in his life where he's not going to do it, but he's going to do it. You know, I don't want him to be Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. Right. You know, um, yeah, let's just, yeah, I'm up. I'm up for the mission. Let's get to it. So I think with, with that, you know, pilots and people who are in the aviation and stuff like that that that's a lifelong that he's gonna fly till he dies or he's gonna fly until he's the navy literally kicks him out of the military or whatever you know he has his own p51 mustang that he works on as a hobby so even in his spare time he's freaking flying you know even if it's not for the navy and so i, I don't think there's ever going to be a point where you know oh i'm just not going to do it anymore that's not there's no way like someone who's that hardcore and a test pilot like you love what you do and you're passionate about that. So I didn't have any doubts, but I, I appreciate the, like, because there are movies where it's like, someone's got to talk them back yeah. into doing the thing or whatever it is, you know, and that didn't happen in this movie at all, which is great. Cause it just fast forwards to like the, the action. <laughs> but I would have liked to seen to see like how badass these pilots were like, cause we just kind of see them and like Mavericks already like kind of schooling them. Yeah. yeah it's like, <clears throat> were these people any good at all? But you know what? In the end, I don't care. It's so, all this, this is Maverick show. This is the Maverick well, show you know, we're doing here. They, you know, they kind of they 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 dig into a little bit, and he basically explains to them. You know, they've been told that their entire career, but the missions that they're flying are long range. You know, dropping bombs from way up high altitude. They're not dogfighting. Certainly not dogfighting, especially against you know now fifth gen fighters or whatever. In my opinion, that was probably China, even though they kept it ambiguous or whatever for the movie. But you know, they they did they did have a moment there where. They were supposed to lose so that they could have some sort of perspective on, you know, hey, check your ego out the door. We're all here to be better and we have something important to accomplish, which apparently was blowing up a nuclear bunker or whatever. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> and the director was talking about in this interview, when we made this movie, we had no idea what was going to be happening with Ukraine and Russia at the right. time. So it's like, we're very happy that like we made this kind of like an anonymous enemy, kind of like the first movie does. Right. And it kind of makes that movie, well, I mean, it makes the movie timeless in that, in that aspect. They're MIGs. I'm pretty sure it was Russia, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. They don't come out and say it. It wasn't so, said, you know, yeah. Cold War, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, but no, that no one came out and said it, you know, but I would say even like, golly, even like the terrain and stuff, or it's like, in my head, I'm just like China. Like <laughs> there's no, anyway, but yeah, I, I appreciate that it is ambiguous because that that's not really the point. It's not it should not be a, a propaganda film for like China or uh 
Russia or anything like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, USA is better or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we sh- it, it's just an action film about aviation. So, but anyway. In this movie, I think this movie, it brings back Iceman. It doesn't bring back like everybody. You know, like a lot of movies and stuff, it's just like every five minutes, there's somebody come in that like the audience is clapping for. I'm glad that we don't have Slider for five minutes. Just pop it in. Or Jester. Or like Vipers coming in. Or Sundance. Like... I mean, We've, Tim Robbins would have been cool for like five seconds. I don't know. He so, got so out. Like, though, so, so I like that, you know, we're going we're gonna to do it. And we're going to honor a lot of things from the first movie. And we're going to have Val Kilmer. But we're trying to be a little bit of our own movie here. Yeah, for sure. So, and th- you know, there's a whole new generation of pilots now. And then also in the movie. And they all have their own, um, you know, their own personalities. Or, what you know, their call sign kind of, I wouldn't say defines their personality. But like, you know. They got a call sign for a reason because they have certain characteristics or traits or whatever. And, um, but you still preserve the old, okay. Maverick's the teacher now, you know, Val Kilmer, you know, is a, you know, a four star freaking admiral or whatever calling all the shots, which by the way, the theme, you know, kind of is he's bailing out Maverick every time he, you know, screws up in his career or whatever. And, you know, I do like seeing like these guys who were rivals, these guys, these actors who were rivals, are now are now dependent kind of depending on each other and the roles have kind of switched and everything and I love that aspect of this. Yeah, I think so too. You know, I think at the end of it, it's very very competitive. I think being a pilot's competitive, and even you know, I work on base. Injept is competitive. The way they rank each other determines like what type of plane they get to fly, and like so everybody wants to fly the fifth gen, you know, the F thirty five, F twenty two, or whatever. Yeah, fighters are great in general, F fifteen, F sixteen, whatever. But like, they're not like the newest thing and it is competitive and so and it was for Iceman and Maverick and now it's like we're past that we've grown up we both like the same thing we're both on the same team we're better together than we are competing with each other even though some healthy competition is healthy um, and I do like that that they 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 brought that back like Iceman still like part of it or whatever and that they were even able to get Val Kilmer back into it, you know, and he wasn't like talking a lot or have a lot of lines. He's, he had lung cancer but, and like, yeah, he's, but they, they did it. Yeah. So I think it was great. Yeah, man. <laughs> you can do this movie without Jennifer Connelly. Um, but it rounds out exposition. You know, someone Mav can talk to you that isn't like on the mission or whatever. So, I mean, I think it's fine. I like Jennifer Connelly. I thought this was fine. We it, all like could, Jennifer Connelly. If we could have like <clears throat> maybe 20 more minutes of like, Fleshing out the rooster character or something else, maybe that's better. Maybe that's a better move. But I think Jennifer Connelly is like the safe, neutral move for the film. I think so. I agree, and I, I agree and disagree. Like as far as the rooster point goes, I think with the relationship that they had and the resentment and all that, he's not going to learn in the classroom. They had to do some real world thing for Rooster to realize. Okay, you know this guy does have my best interests at heart. You know, it was an accident with his dad and all that stuff like that. And I think that at the end, yeah, it was the end that that point came through. The Jennifer Connelly situation, it's kind of like, well, we're not bringing, bringing back Kelly McGinnis or whatever. And so he has to have some sort of love interest, which is fine. But they like didn't really develop it or like, oh, it's kind of a joke. Like it's the Admiral's daughter from the first one, Penny Benjamin or whatever. And it's kind of like, OK, that's great. Maybe there's a little too much time on that. Did she add to anything? You know, at the end, when it came down to, uh, so Iceman has died at this point. 
John Hamm now, Cyclone is like, you're grounded, whatever. He does go to her for support and for advice, and she does give him advice, and he does end up figuring it out or whatever. But aside from that, yeah, man, I don't know. Like, did it really add? Not really. The bar is cool, I guess, but, you know, does she have to run it? I don't know. It's fine. It's It's fine. fine. (laughs) Yeah, that's about right, right? Like, that's correct, right? It's fine. It's like, fine. It's not great and it's not bad. <laughs> um, so, you know, I guess it's a wash. Maybe a jet wash. Nice. Yeah, I would agree with that. I love the scene where he's like showing, hey, this can be done. Because the whole crew is like, this is like impossible. And like Maverick takes a plane up without like Cyclone. Cyclone's grounded him. Yeah. Because like there was like, what what, what would it happen? Like did Phoenix have to bail out of her plane? Um they they did that was unrelated so that was a they hit some birds so that was a oh what yeah. they call a bash a bird mm-hmm. animal strike it doesn't matter but so that's why she had to build but Maverick you know so Cyclone takes over he's finishing the training out Maverick you're done they had increased the time to four minutes which is enough time for the other new planes to intercept them which is not they need less time right because they originally had two minutes and thirty seconds and now Maverick just did it in two minutes and fifteen seconds to show hey. I can do it, and so can you, probably. I don't know. And kind of kind of check Cyclone at the door because he can't check him with his rank, right? So he's got to show him with his plane, right? Anyway, I that's probably it. a metaphor. I loved for it. I loved it. And then, and, and then Cyclone is like, am I going to risk the lives of these men or my career and make you team leader? So, you know, and he's kind of a – dick man whenever you know because he's like okay he's cyclone's explaining the mission for the first time tom cruise is getting his orders this is why you're here you got to train these guys because tom cruise goes in with the 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 uh, maverick goes in with the mindset of oh i'm gonna do this mission no you're not you're training how to do the mission and then once he explains it you know he has to add on and get them home that's a key part right like and get them home and cyclone didn't even like yeah it is what it is we accomplished what we needed to and it's like okay but at what cost you know and so, obviously, Maverick took a deeper look and is able to figure out a better solution for that and then prove it. And, for, and in that same scene, he talks about – Cyclone talks about the things that they've got in this base. And, like, one mm. thing is, like, F-14s, a relic. <laughs> They're collecting relics just like we are. I knew immediately, by the way – I'm not saying I knew, like, how the ending was going to be, but I knew as soon as they said F-14, I'm like, hmm, a foreign country with a new brand-new fifth-gen fighter, but they also have legacy F-14. I'm like, there's no way Tom Cruise is not flying that. Like, there's no way. I don't know what how I, it happened. I, but... I didn't even think about that. <laughs> and then when it happened in the movie, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. And also, but magically, Rooster knows how to just, like, shoot the flares off and, like, do all the, you know, UHF-2 breaker and all that stuff. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. It, was, it got a little – that was the only part of the movie where I was like, eh, we're getting a little – a little into the weeds, man. But I like I like Miles Teller in some movies. I don't like him in everything, and I really didn't like him in this movie a whole lot until the end. Until like mm. until the very end, and I think that's by design. And then you're like, oh yeah, like freaking goes in, saves Maverick. Because I was like, oh my god, Maverick did Tom Cruise just die in a movie? Um, no, he didn't. I'm happy for that. And then it's like, oh, did. Did Rooster just die? So we got Goose dying and Rooster. Di- no, okay, we're gonna get out in this F fourteen. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna outman. We're gonna outfox these like yeah, advanced yeah. aircraft. Yeah, 
I'm for it. I was for all of this. Oh, yeah. That was great. Kept it on your toes all the way to the end. So, you know, I mean, I'm glad that that plane happened to be not destroyed, fueled up, and armed. But, ready to go? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. Oh, but, you know, I knew, too. So, as soon as they hit on their way out, you know, he had kind of a rough takeoff because the airfield was destroyed. And they hit that, that front landing gear. And I knew immediately how you know, being on a carrier or whatever, that they were going to have to raise the, the, I don't even know what you'd call it. The, not the, not the wire, but the barrier or whatever to land the plane. I knew that was coming immediately too. So I don't know. It was good. It was good, man. So the only thing, the other thing, and I told you right after, you know, they, so they finally make it back to the carrier mission accomplished. Everyone lives or whatever. And you know, all of the maintenance people and all the aircraft carrier people are like cheering them on and all that. I'm like, they have no idea what, ha- they don't know what that mission is. They have no idea where that plane came from. They have no idea any context like we have because we've been watching the movie at all. And that would never happen ever. And that wouldn't happen in the first Top Gun either when it happens at the end. I'd fly a few any day. Yeah, that, that part's great. But all the maintenance people cheering, they have no idea. They don't know what you just did. <laughs> I told I told Ben when because he gave us that that line after we saw the movie and we were doing the poster pick. Um, I said, "Hey, if they see this F fourteen come out of nowhere with like the front landing gear all jacked up, they're gonna be excited. They're gonna be excited. Like let's not be like, oh, they wouldn't know what's going on. They're just gonna go smoke a cigarette or whatever." Ben was Ben also said there's like a scene where Maverick is like by himself and it's like this great view of the ocean and everything and ben was like no one you're no, never alone so, on the aircraft yeah, carrier no, there's never. always somebody around well, well he gets on the elevator and goes up there you no one's allowed on that aircraft elevator. i don't care if it's tom cruise that doesn't happen i mean it happened for the movie but that doesn't happen you know they walk out on the flight line and they have all the planes lined up there's nobody out nobody's out there no support equipment no people working because the planes are always broke they just are they're broke every day they're broke no one's out there working on them? No, that never happens, man. <laughs> but anyway. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to see people working on the airplanes when we're get, about to get into our climax of our film. I agree. It makes for a better movie. Everything's but... right. It makes it look better. It's less cluttery. <laughs> yeah, man. Also, too, you know, it's like, you know, the recruiting effort going in. Yeah, oh, you know, it'd be great to be a pilot. But, you know, the people raising that barrier up, you know, that's a lot of manpower and all that. It's like, that's actually what you're going to be doing, man. I'm just telling you right now. And I did catch an extra in the back, and he was smiling or whatever. And it was like, you know, serious. We're about to land with no landing gear. We got to put up the emergency thing. And there was a guy in the back, and he was laughing. And it was kind of funny to me because that's probably what I'd be doing, too. Be dead serious. And you'd just be like, "Eh." (laughs) I hope this guy doesn't die. They can eject. They're fine. Somebody (laughs) asked me, my sister's boyfriend asked me, was it as good as the first one? And I was like, "Um, I've seen... I'm, am I going to see Top Gun Maverick a million times in the next 30 years? And, like, it's going to be on cable all the time? Or like, no, we're just not in that kind of world anymore. And mm-hmm. we're not, a, you know, I'm an adult. I'm not I'm not 7 to 12 where I can just watch Top Gun three times a day, like, um, all the time. So it's just not going to, for me, it's not going to touch it. I mean, it might be a better film in, like, some ways and everything, but, like, it's... But I think it stands on its own in a really, yeah, in a really so. great way. I think so, too. That isn't like a lot of stuff. You know when stuff, especially stuff was coming on Hulu or something, like the Bill and Ted movie or whatever, like everything is like a callback to the other movie. Everything right. is that. And it's like we have some of that. We have a lot of that. But like we have a lot of other stuff, too. Yeah. Like if you never saw the first one, 
it would, it, that'd be no problem. Not to say that it wouldn't add to, you know, the experience or whatever, but, but it doesn't kill it either. You know, you can watch it without having any knowledge of Top Gun at all. And there's people out there, your friend, I guess. And the one that was like, Top Gun sucks or what, what was <laughs> You mean my father-in-law? No. Or, no, you're telling me he like texted you something. Oh, uh, yeah. I have a friend that was like, hey, Top Gun's getting all these good reviews. Um, it's, well, it's, it's awesome, man. Is Top Gun, is Top Gun, <laughs> is Top Gun good now? I was like... It's always been good. It's been good since 86. You just didn't like Tom Cruise. Do I need to watch it? I don't know, man. Do you need to take an hour and a half of your life to decide for yourself? Anyway, I don't know who you are, sir, but... I thought I knew you. I've been (laughs) friends with him since like 1996. Pick up sticks. (laughs) The the ingredients on this... So we've got Tom Cruise. Yeah. Who like held... A lot of streamers were trying to like get this movie when it was getting delayed. You know, like Hulu, Apple TV, mm, yeah, they're probably just throwing them. themselves. Tom Cruise is like, no. He's a perfectionist. We're going to, this is going to go into movie theaters. And I'm so glad it did. I'm so glad that we saw this on a big screen and had that this experience as opposed to just like on our big TV. I am home. too. You know, yeah. he's, he's a perfectionist. I think he made the right call on that. I mean, we're talking about, you know, whether it's too loud or not, freaking jet airplanes, you know, doing stunts. and so, Yeah, it should be. You know, big screen, you know, good sound quality or in all that. It's more immersive, but no, right call. Miles Teller. Do we like Miles Teller in this? Love Miles Teller in this. So were you, you, I think you were telling me the guy who is hangman has tried out. He wanted wanted to be rooster. He wanted to be rooster. Tom, Tom Cruise had to kind of convince him to be hangman. Yeah. So good call. He played a good hangman too. You know he's an arrogant prick, so worked worked out just fine. Worked out. Um, I like Hondo. That's yeah, like- Hondo's okay. I mean, you know, supporting. You know, that's another one. Um, kind of like um, Jennifer Conley in in that. You know where he's a support character for Maverick. You know, kind of like, hey, I can trust you. You've been around for a while. I'm having a separate conversation other than. I'm giving you my real self versus, you know, my training self to my students or whatever. So, yeah, he's good, man. He's good. Warlock is good. Who, which one? Who's that's, Warlock? That's Cyclone's, like, I guess, like, oh, assistant or whatever. Like the, uh, the two-star admiral instead the, of the three-star, I guess. The guy is like, that was rhetorical. Um, yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking Yeah, so that's the other thing that I'm kind of like, eh, dude, first of all, you're not going to have a three-star and a two-star on the same ship at the same time. And they're going to be in the situation room monitoring the I don't care how important it is man they're going to be in Washington DC in an office doing budget committees there's no way that any of, they're not invested at all they don't give a shit a captain would probably be in that spot though captain's pretty high up man they're you know the captain of a uh, aircraft carrier the rank of captain is the captain of an aircraft carrier so they're dogging on Tom Cruise for not being hired that's still pretty good man in the navy like and you get a fly still so anyway but <laughs> I've got remix the ingredients. I've got a lot of names here for who could have been Rooster. Not just like right now, but like, you know what? Like since 86, like what kind of hot young actors could we have had in this role? Um, Because they could have done a Top Gun 2 for the last 25 years, 30 years. Okay, this this is who I got. I probably probably said a few of these like on our Top Gun podcast when we were talking about this. I want Ryan Gosling as Rooster. (laughs) I think that would be badass. I think he could pull it off. 
Of course he can pull it off. He can pull off any role he does. You know, he didn't have too many lines either, which is good for Ryan Gosling, but that would have been good. He's also a mac and cheese movie favorite, Ryan Gosling. Also got maybe about 10 years ago, Bradley Cooper. Put him as Rooster. I don't know. I don't know if that would have fit, man. Bradley Cooper, his attitude, it's a little more uh, outspoken, a little more arrogant, I think. You know, he, he's a little more into himself as, you know, as an actor or whatever, not as a person or whatever, but uh, in the roles that he plays. I, I don't know if that would – he might now – Put that in like a hangman position or something. I think Bradley Cooper could have Bradley Cooper's hangman. I could yeah. I could see that. Not Rooster though, man. Rooster's got he he's got too much internal dialogue happening and not enough uh, speaking or mm-hmm. explaining himself or whatever. What about nineteen ninety three Brad Pitt? I don't know what was it Brad Pitt in nineteen ninety three. Fucking Thelma. I was like four years old. Man. <laughs> 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 what, but. Also, I've also got 90s to early 2000s, Robert Downey Jr. Y'all love Robert. I mean, look, that Robert Downey Jr., he can adapt to any role that he freaking needs to. And that's truth. You know, it doesn't matter if he's sucking dick for Coke in Lesson Zero or if he's Iron Man, Playboy philanthropist. I, but for Rooster, once yeah. again... He's so outspoken. Put him. He could be a pilot. He could be a Top Gun pilot. I don't know if Rooster's that fit though, man. You know. But yeah. Oscar Isaac. I don't know who that is. It's like in Moon Knight. Is he in that movie? He's in that show. Yeah, I know the show. But oh, I see what you're saying. In a place of ah, yeah, okay, I could see that. Because even in you know, I've, that's the only thing I've seen him in is Moon Knight. Oh, and he has no, a. He's in Drive. We've done, been, you, oh, he's in Drive. Yeah, he's, he's uh, yeah, he's, and he's man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Yeah. I'm not. I don't. You know. I don't know the names. Like you guys know the names. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that because he has just enough. Um, I don't know. You call it gumption. <laughs> but but he's like his tone and his acting style is like dialed back a little bit. I think not that that you yeah. know, that's purposeful or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, I think that okay. I, I'd agree with that then for for a rooster uh, filler or whatever. Yeah, switch. I'm glad that Zac Efron isn't rooster. Yeah, I'm glad. Was that a thing? Was that I, was that considered? I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure every young actor. I don't know how old Zac Efron is now, but like I'm sure I'm sure like he was like they were probably in discussions when they were like looking at people because Zac Efron I think is around the same age as Miles Teller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a no go for me. And I like Zac Efron, but God, yeah, I like him in some stuff. But I don't, I don't want. Yeah, there's no way I, you could take that serious or realistic at all. I think as far as it it goes, I've got some wacky choices for Rooster now. Okay, Jonah Hill. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, a freaking Seth Rogen. Like the whole time on the radio, it'd just be like. All right, come to your left, and it'd just be like, ah, <laughs> like Seth Rogen, oh, bro. <laughs> his dumb laughing ass. People <laughs> <laughs> that- like smoking air, smoking air. <laughs> Shoot the players. <laughs> Man, that would have been hilarious, though. <laughs> I got some uh, Tom Hardy. Could he be in a Top Gun movie? Tom could Hardy. He have been, could he have been Hangman? 
I don't think he could have been hangman. I think he could have been one of the admirals or a, a someone who's experienced or higher up that, you know, maybe they're an instructor or something like that. You know, kind of a hard ass. What if he could be Cyclone? Is he Cyclone? Yeah, I would say Cyclone. I think he could fit in for John Ham. I think John Ham, you know, he did Mad Men. He has just the right amount of like smart acidness. And Tom Hardy's more of like a hard ass. You know, I, they, I think they're interchangeable. They're interchangeable. I think with the humor that Maverick was using with like, you know, well, I'm requesting the Lord of Hard Deck. Here's the paperwork, or you know, like that. You know, I, what are they doing? They're playing offense, defense, football right now. Well, you told me to build a team. That that kind of interaction where it's like joking. I think John Hamm was the right call over Tom Hardy. I'm not saying that that wouldn't have been a, a good movie though as well. So that fits. All the stuff that's supposed to be funny in this movie is funny. Yeah, I think every, so. Every yeah. they don't do it a whole lot, but when they do it, it it all works. Yeah, it's very obvious. Yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. We used to be in a whole lot of stuff about ten years ago. It, so, if you're if you're if you're talking about uh, a, a rooster, I don't think so. If you're talking about another pilot with another call sign, absolutely a hundred percent. Yeah, he could have been Bob. You know, kind of, kind of. I wouldn't call it nerdy, but you know, quiet. I think you can or, say nerdy. I think you can say and, nerdy. Uh, you like, know, he's a radar guy. Or, yeah. But uh, I, I can see him in another pilot spot. That's like a, a supporting or like a less. You know, not Rooster. Do you have any other thoughts about Top Gun Maverick before we go to Doggy Bag? No, I mean, you know, we said it at the beginning. It's action-packed the whole time. It's great. Um, as real as you could possibly make it, I think that, that they did. A, I'm not saying there's not parts in there that are ridiculous. But for the most part, it's a very believable movie. And, you know, I don't know. I'm also, like, way into airplanes and stuff. So, you know, <laughs> what? Okay, doggy bag. What are you taking home from Top Gun Maverick? Huh. What am I taking home? I guess I'm taking home. You know, golly, I don't know. I don't know, Scotty. That I, I like the fact that it, it does bring awareness to the military, the Navy in particular. You know, there are people out there right now floating off the coast of Russia, floating off the coast of China, Korea, etc., and they really do do that job every day. No, they're not doing, you know, extreme combat missions, you know, like portrayed in the movie or whatever. But there's somebody out there and it is a teamwork uh, type of deal. And it is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that's happened. It's been happening since 19 before 1986. You know, it just got put into the spotlight a little bit more or whatever. And I'm sure the recruiting efforts are going to be great after this and all that. Um, but it's just kind of cool to see, um, you know, that being highlighted, I guess that that's something that people normally wouldn't get to see for as realistic as it is. Uh, so that's kind of cool, man. My doggy bag is Tom Cruise's Pearl Jam. Still with us, selling out theaters, creative control. You know, Nirvana's gone. You know, Soundgarden doesn't have Chris Cornell. Like, Alice in Chains, all of those guys gone. Eddie Vedder outlasted all of them. So as big as Tom Cruise was... He was able to hold on to it. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, no. Sylvester Stallone, no. Bruce Willis, no. The Brat Pack of, like, all the people he was in the Vin Outsiders Diesel. with. Vin, Vin Diesel. <laughs> so many movie stars have come into our lives, and he's still on top of it. Yeah, I And think so, man. I'm so glad that Top Gun Maverick is here this summer. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we've been waiting two or three years for it. I mean, shit. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show, Ben. 
Hoping to have you on more episodes on the next hundred episodes of Mac and Cheese Movies. Thank you for being my wingman. I'll fly for you any day. <laughs> Scotty, what would your call sign be? What would your call what would my call sign be? <laughs> I don't know. No chin. No chin bin. <laughs> Professor. Oh, yeah, no, it'd be that's what it would be. No, you're done. Professor. You don't get to name yourself either, by the way. Someone else named Professor. <laughs> cool. If you like this episode, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts and check us out on macandcheesemovies.com. The end is inevitable, Maverick. Your kind is headed for extinction. Maybe so, sir. But not today. Mac and Cheese out.